celebration. Life, 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 sports, sports. A celebration. Welcome, America, to the TC and Jake show. A celebration of life through sports. Bill in Michigan. Now, are you uh, working right now? Is it? What are you, what are you doing right now? Oh, uh, not much. Just got home from a long day of fancy football draft. We have a draft every Labor Day weekend. Oh, see a bunch cool. of guys I only see once or twice a year. And that's a celebration in and of itself. Getting together for your fancy down. football. Game. The celebration of life through sports is on Sporting News Radio. The TC and Jake celebrating a random act of kindness Tuesday. The reason I'm calling tonight is I was at the Michigan game. It was a great ball game, obviously, but uh, what was the best part of it, the ceremony before, was, was the kid's name escaped me. Is it Mealy? Is it uh, Me- Mealer? El- Elliot and Brock Mealer. Brock Mealer was the uh, the brother who was paralyzed. What, what a fitting tribute, man. And, uh, you know, you got all you got 113,000 people all jacked up uh, to see a football game, first game of the year at the big house. And then, uh, you know, they give that presentation to him and they did a little dedication on a video board that was really inspirational. And then watching that kid walk out of the tunnel and the crowd kind of, you know, get louder and louder as he got close to the go, go blue banner and then reached a fever pitch when he reached up and touched it. It was one of the most fantastic things I've ever been paid witness to. It was just uh, something to be part of, man. I really put things in perspective and made people do some thinking, I'm sure. I mean, I know it did me. A celebration of life through sports is on Sporting News Radio right, right now. now. Right now. Right now. Live with you. From the Oval Office of the LifeLock Studios. And now, here he is, TC and Jake. You know, I don't like to uh, tease things that we may or may not have happen, because what's worse? Like, uh, Shane Carruth would would talk often about uh, The Modern Ocean, a movie he was planning, and it's apparent to me now that we're probably never going to see it. Uh, Even before... Who's Shane Carruth? The uh, director of Primer. He was on Bad Radio. You know, you know Shane Carruth, director oh, of Primer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And even before it was revealed that he, uh, it, that the his his coast, upstream color co-star has a uh, standing restraining order against him, I don't think that it was going to happen even even prior to that happening. So I can't figure that that happening improves the chances. Which uh, one did I watch? I I would I mean I would assume you've seen Primer. If not, like what are we doing? It's like an hour. It's great. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at this godforsaken document outlining the time travel. So I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, upstream color. I remember thinking, asking, is it like Primer? And people said kinda. And then I I uh, threw threw my computer out the window. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know uh, it's it's an interesting document. Um, it's uh, I, I need to watch it again. I like it very much. I, I'm, I'm still giving the endorsement, but I think it has more left to teach me. But so I, he got I, hit with a restraining order by uh, his co-star, huh? Yeah, and the details aren't great. You know, it's, like he they they dated, and she broke up with him like two years ago, and he has spent the ensuing two years, it appears, uh, trying to like keep her in a state of terror. Like Colton. Who's Colton? Uh, Colton was, uh, I think it was the year that you, right before you stopped with Batch and Bachelorette completely, Mm -hmm. uh, he was like, they put a virgin on the show. 
Yeah, yeah, I remember that because I was sitting next and to his cousin at a. <coughs> that's at right. A dinner. At a restaurant or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Is a Bobby Flay dinner? Is it Vegas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were at yeah, uh, yeah, Bobby so, Flay's Mesa Grill inside Caesar's Palace. So he might not have actually been a virgin. I know you had information regarding that, but when they put a virgin on the show or a near virgin, um, when he whittled it down to three, one of the three women was like, this dude is lame. I am out of here. So, of course, that's mm-hmm. the one that he chose. <laughs> For real? Yeah. That's and the other insane. two women were like, what an ending. You know, awesome, of course. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, you're the one I want, though. So he had to convince her to come back. And they just ended up ending the show with basically no resolution other than they're going to try to work it out. Uh, Cassidy, I believe, was her name. And uh, as of like two or three months ago, she she had a restraining order on him. Oh, and, and he no. was the bachelor. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. So like, oh, you no. really, you really boofed this up, young man. Yeah, that's got to be a first in show history. Yeah. Restraining order entering the picture. Right. Yeah. No, I think he was just like actively attempting to make it so that she was always looking over her shoulder, like, "When's the time he's going to snap and kill me?" Like, and I, I, like, not only would, did she, was he the kind of person where she felt those concerns? Like, he, you know, would send her emails to attempt to create that situation. I, I don't know. Whatever. I Never a good place to be. I, I would be happy to, uh, <laughs> to hear his side of the story. No part uh-huh. of me wants uh, this brilliant individual to be uh, a terrible shitbag who terrorizes women i i really don't want that but uh you know the the facts i have don't look right like the mm. the way it came out was uh he tweeted out that someone had sent him a vinyl copy of the upstream color soundtrack and underneath the vinyl was the court papers and so like some journalist saw that and like looked up that docket number or whatever and saw that it was a restraining order against him. And I don't know, given given the like the construction of his movies and the like lengths that she is describing uh when in the complaint. Like total intentional. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Which like no, that's no doubt. That's another level of yep. Man, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just want everyone in this world to be good and feel the love of Jesus Christ in their hearts. So he's not making the ocean movie, even though he's teased it. He's not. It, it appears that I'm going to die having never seen one frame of the modern ocean. And I don't like that. And so I don't want to create that for our listeners where they're, they're constantly anticipating something that doesn't happen. But uh, I was listening to that open and just... I was feeling in every fiber of my being that we really need to interview David Stein, dude. I don't want to ask him about sports. I just want to do like an hour of like moral questions with David Stein. Uh, I would bet you that he is armed and ready with answers. You know, I, I think mean, so. I know. I just want him to direct uh, me how to live life through sports. I think this is, well, you know, because at one point he had a Twitter account that was like him and his wife. Yeah, yeah. Because they had gone to I mean, Israel. I do have some biographical questions I want to know about, you know, didn't, didn't he, so he definitely got sober, but I thought that like the prior to him being sober, uh, he was like a Fox Sports radio news host, right? Or not news, yeah, I think so. but like a radio host, like sports mm-hmm. radio 
you know, getting on here. And so was he like showing up to those drunk or something? I, I don't know. I got a lot of questions for Dave. Interesting figure. But most like I, th- I think that I think the biography is interesting. But as I just outlined, we already know, you know, a good portion of it. Certainly there's some specifics that would be uh, fascinating. But uh, by and large, we've we've got the story. Um, what I want, yeah, is, is just, uh, you know, I don't know. Seems, seems like a man who, uh, just thinks about the human soul a lot. Yeah. And I, I want to know what he thinks. And he talked to us for, uh, many nights for many hours on the board. Yeah. I wonder if him and Marianne Williamson have ever met. Who's that? The presidential candidate lady? Yeah. Yeah. I like her. Why? Uh, I don't know. She's interesting. Um, she and Liz Brunig have some kind of thing on Twitter. She tweeted at Liz the other day. Uh, I'll tell you this. She definitely does not look 68. <laughs> that's true. Is I have no it? idea she was 68. Maybe that's, that's part my of review. the, part of the thing, you know, if you, if you live her lifestyle, this is what can happen for you too. I feel like she said some crazy shit. Yeah, no, she's uh has appears to have somewhat of a mystical vibe. Like I think that's her yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know she's very religious, but I think it's more than just like your boilerplate religious. I think she's like she's a hundred percent been hypnotized. Definitely, part of my interest is uh, my friend Alex has has been uh, you know saying how great she is, and um, he he told me that. Uh, for her birthday, she sent out a tweet that was like, I don't want any gifts. I just want, and then like, I think, I think gave the moment, like, you know, today at seven, I just want everyone to raise the vibe up. Just, you know, take it. What's wrong with that? Nothing is what I'm saying. I'm saying it's fucking awesome. Just take a moment, you know, be quiet in yourself. Just kind of think about it and just, just send out the good waves. Yeah, I'm down. So, yeah. I mean, I'm glad she's not like. The you, nominee. me, Marianne Williamson, and uh, David Stein need to get a coffee. What's been going on? I've just been listening to Triple Dirk. I wanted to get the ad in early. We have an ad on this one. Dude, I am 100% ready for this quote-unquote ad because <laughs> one of our longtime emailers and dude that is a, he's a gold-plated emailer Put out an album, and I just, I listened to the whole thing on a little jog before the show today. Oh, getting it's healthy? It's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I, have, I cannot say I've listened to the whole thing, because I keep on, you know, start, like, I keep, like, any album, I want to give it, like, a full shot, so I'll start at the beginning, and then I'll get distracted on something, so, you know, like, like always, I've heard the first three songs a couple times. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, he, he, uh, he emailed me and said, uh, would it be possible to promote my album on the podcast? I said, sure. Uh, we will say whatever you want. And then he emailed back, um, a thing that he would like for me to read. So I'm going, I'm going to read it to you now, Jake. Okay. You might not read his name too. I think it's in there. Oh no, he didn't include the name and everything. So we'll, we'll do that after. Just let me, let me read. It's not to you. It's to the, to the listener. It says that clearly. Here okay. it is. Greetings, IJB listener. From the man that brought you Horse Lovers Audio and the investigative journalism piece that concurred that, yes, indeed, Jeff Bagwell scooped on the dead daddy's baby girl doctor's widow, comes some music. Give it a listen and tell me what my peoples are saying. 
You can contact me at absolutely no social media destination. Bitch, I have a flip phone. Yeah, and it's true because he's been a longtime emailer and he has good emails. And I'm always like, man, why don't I know this guy from Twitter? And uh, he just doesn't do it. Yeah, uh, Pappy Check is his name. And the album is uh, Triple Dirk. Uh, if you are trying to type that in to Apple Music where it is featured, uh, you're just going to go Dirk, 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 no spaces. But uh, if you say it out loud to your friends, the name of the album is Triple Dirk. There you go. It's extremely weird. And extremely Texas. And if you're looking for, I don't know, music that doesn't sound like most of the music you've heard before, I'm going to give you this one. It has a borderline, like if uh, if one man were able to create an outcast vibe on his own. Hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know if you remember the first time you heard outcast when you're like, what is this? I loved it. Yeah. It's just weird. It's a weird. It's a weird vibe. But it's like I had heard Miss Jackson, so I bought Stankonia, and I I didn't know what to expect. And boy, what a what a beautiful soundscape. I mean, just from the first open, it uh, it grabs you so good. I didn't know what blow was, so bitch, stay off that blow was very confusing to me. But I love that sketch, and that was that was a real focus for me and my childhood best friend is trying to understand what bitch stay off that blow means. We had no clue. Yeah, mine was, um, I think, I'm pretty sure I've told you this before, and by you I mean all of you, was when Can I Get A was very popular. Mm-hmm. I thought that the what what was blowjob. Yeah. That makes sense. And, uh, and I remember telling some of my friends, I think it's blowjob, uh, in, the, in the car as my, mom, or my friend's mom was getting into the vehicle. <laughs> they were like what is can i get a what what that's a weird one line i was to like hear. i think it's can i get a blow job and they have to edit that out on the air so but his album is very very good it's very interesting it's very good it's uh it's like eight songs and it's i just uh i ran i just ran the block um, umpteen times where the fuck did that come from that's a great is that question. just in my family no I've, I've certainly heard umpteen and i i don't I mean, know it's like that feels like it belongs in the same category as nothing burger as like something you should never say. Mm, okay. Umpteen. Yeah. Pappy check. Triple Dirk. Check Go check out. him out. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, so what's, what's been going on? Are we, uh, are we in North Korea yet? <laughs> are we in North Korea? I think I'm still in Dallas, dude. Um, what, what does that mean? I guess I just, despite all of my, uh, hey, we shouldn't be surprised by anything, the 15 or 20 minutes where the news was like, and here he is, he's landing. The chopper is landing. He's emerging. Uh, And then he goes up. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. That was an awkward pause. Um, I was uh, trying to watch the Patriots-Ravens game. I didn't want to miss, or not Ravens, uh, Chiefs game. And I yeah. didn't want to miss any part of it, so I had CBS on. And uh, it, was, it was really enjoyable, the degree to which CBS was clearly resenting having to do this. Like, they <laughs> yeah. just had their analysts to be like, yeah, he's just doing this shit because he knows the news is on now. This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah and it, it it kind of like i don't know if if you know that like 
maybe don't walk into the trap. And I mean, like, that'd be crazy. I understand the degree to which, uh, like, if, if your ratings were down, like, a single point, like, as a producer, you're getting fucking fired, like, pretty quick off of uh, trying to, to get innovative. So the safe thing that doesn't get you fired is carry the president as he leaves the hospital after conducting or after uh, contracting a virus that has caused the, you know, shutdown of the entire nation's economy. Um, I, I understand all that, but uh, I don't know. Uh, it certainly sounded like they would rather be talking about something else. Yeah. And then, you know, you see after that, the produced videos by the White House that, you know, have a very knockoff Michael Bay feel to them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, I don't know, man. I mean, I surprise is not the word, but bewilderment. It's just incredible. Like, I mean, this is, it was always the way it was going to go. Whenever you got the news on Friday, he was going to come back to a photo op that involved him ripping off his mask like he was a superhero. Yeah, given the, the clear just, attempt shocking. to project the superhero vibe, like, the the physical circumstances seem to prevent it. Like, I, I don't know how much he was approving the film, but the clips I saw, like... He's laboring. Yeah. Like, and, you know, that's okay. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it doesn't seem like the virus is just, like, fucking totally past them. And I, I, don't, I, I don't know how much anyone else has paid attention to this, but uh, Yohan Moncada had it before, uh, like, during the summer. And he talked about how, like, he struggled with it throughout and, like, his numbers were way down from last year. He got hurt. And so... You know, you wonder about the interplay of all that. Like, did he get hurt because he was fatigued? And then, you know, what's killing the batting average? Is it the fact his legs are gone or because he's fatigued? But he talked about how it was, like, difficult for him to summon the strength to do basic tasks, like, every morning a month or two after he had it. So, yeah. I, I, you know, it's it's whatever. Like, that's not the universal experience. You know, I've also heard from people who ran a slight fever for three days, couldn't really taste anything, but that was it. And like, felt like it was milder than normal flu. So, you know, you never know, but uh, those people didn't get hospitalized. I would say if you're hospitalized, it's, it's probably pretty serious. So, you know, what are the effects of having a low energy president? I, I think we probably already know. Um, but you know, Mr. Low Energy is going to have lower energy and I don't know, whatever. I don't, I, I want to do this podcast today about a lot of things. None of them are analyzing the effects of the energy level of the president. So I don't know why I brought that up. Let's, let's get on to fun stuff. Okay. What do you got? Well, I got two big things. Um, one was I watched a documentary that, uh, that all the people are talking about. The listeners been been texting me saying, uh, hey, man, what's, what's your thoughts on this? And I want to talk about that. Um, now, you did say you'd done a segment on it. So I don't know. I didn't feel like that killed it as a topic. <laughs> I mean, we literally spent like 30 minutes talking about the social dilemma. And then you texted me last night. You were like, hey, have you seen the social dilemma? <laughs> well, I was like, I, was I think like, you what have. The fuck? I <laughs> kind of remember talking about it with you, but I hadn't <laughs> seen it at that time. It was, I don't it listen was to the whole show. Most... I wish I did. I wish I did listen to the whole show. No, it's no. a great show. This show, literally this show that we're on. <laughs> oh, we talked about it for a half hour? Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, like oh. we we talked about the no, impact of I don't think so. TC, yes, we spent like thirty. What did you think I meant? I wouldn't have said that to you. I wouldn't have said that to you if you. If I was just talking about. I uh, thought you meant bad radio, bad and radio. I'm like, no. oh well, uh, fuck me. I guess if they talk about it on bad radio, <laughs> now it's no. making more sense. 
Episode two, 707 <laughs> on September 22nd is labeled the Supreme Court and social media. You entered that description and you we talked that. for maybe 30 minutes about the documentary. That's why I was so goddamn incensed whenever you were like, hey, have you seen this documentary? I was like, is there a fucking joke in here somewhere? Like, what am I missing? No, I didn't say, have you seen it? I was like, I think you've seen it or something like that. Like, I, cause I remember, I remember talking about it with Kristen, with you standing there. That I do remember. Um, so I, I knew you'd seen it, but I don't know. It was, it was basically my way of trying to say I've seen it. And I'd like to talk about it. Well, that's but, why I was like, well, why would we just do this again? Like, we just, hey, I have more context a segment. now. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, there's, this is a, a fun behind the, the scenes, bro. <laughs> this is a fun behind the scenes, bad radio moment that it's been <sighs> long enough that I think I can talk about it. It's not super <sighs> sensitive anyways. They might've even bragged about it on the air when it happened, but there was a time in the meeting where, uh, it was like, it was Bob or Dan's birthday show coming up. And like the other one, like, you know, let's say it was Dan's birthday show. And Bob asked like, what are we doing for the birthday show to Tom? And, uh, Tom was like, um yeah i don't know i I haven't prepped at all and like it was you know coming up very soon (laughs) and uh they freaked out a little bit and he was like yeah um we've had a lot of stuff going on i'm not going to apologize (laughs) and like that was the full response like yeah 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 he's like no i didn't do it and i'm not gonna say i'm sorry and that that's how i feel about this yes we did do an entire podcast about the topic i suggested no i didn't remember any of it don't expect an apology bitch where's the we've had lots of stuff going on part though <laughs> listen dude this tony hawk ain't gonna beat itself <laughs> don't give me the name of the game to further enrage me <laughs> This is so uh, stupid. This is the most fun I've had in a while. Uh, Jesus Christ. I mean, whatever, dude. If you want to talk about... I mean, my opinions are probably going to be the same as when I told <laughs> you about it literally 15 days ago. Well, but. I, don't, I don't really want to just be like, man, look, I don't want to like go over the events of the documentary. I want to have conversations <laughs> prompted by questions that occurred to me while I was watching it, okay? That's probably going to sound a lot like what it did before, but that's well, fine. This, this will be a fun... <laughs> Fun experiment for the listener. They can go back and pick which one of them is their favorite. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm very interested in what your other thing was, too. If it is also like, uh, I don't know if it's like, <laughs> what we hey, about last thi- week? I've been thinking about it a lot. And I think there's going to be some political violence the night of the election. <laughs> <laughs> also, isn't it frustrating how none of the re-up gang mixtapes are on Apple Music? <laughs> um so i uh Uh, i am i am like frustrated about this as a concept i uh this is something that they'll talk about on the weeds every once in a while the matthew glacius will complain that uh whenever you write a political book it's like 10 chapters and nine of them are like here's this giant problem like what are we going to do about it like you know just riling you up of like the world's gonna fucking end if we don't do something and then like the 10th chapter is like a half-assed like well i guess we could try this but i mean who the fuck knows and so like what what are you what are you supposed to do with that you know like i'm not gonna solve fucking social media uh problems by myself and they like very much did that exact formula they riddle they literally ran a like uh you know a series of suggestions over the credits 
Like that's how much they cared about solving this problem. The documentary being exclusively, uh, you know, focused on uh, like just bitching about the problem was frustrating to me. Did, did, do you have any thoughts on that? Is that a new <laughs> you point? Motherfucker. <laughs> what? Is that the exact <laughs> one? Well, I mean, they did spend about five minutes on regulation talk. Maybe ten. But even those were like, like some interesting ideas that I, I felt like were like exclusively cooked up by the people saying them, like some new thoughts. But I, I just feel like an hour of like, you know, tell that guy, go home, like write this all down, you know, really flesh it out, like come at me with a white paper and we'll spend like an hour of documentary time presenting that, you know, those ideas. Like I, that's something I want to see. Uh, just the thing where it's like, man, everything's bad. We're all going to die because fucking whatever. Uh, that's that's not doing much for me you know i would use this is a new one that i did not have on october uh, september 22nd which was again <laughs> uh 15 days ago this is gonna be I funny it, to me for a while <laughs> it, <laughs> i'm glad it did kind of make me think of um whenever a lot of people were asking me like hey have you seen the uh netflix the four or five part netflix series on epstein and i'm like motherfucker no i have not yeah. And I ended up watching like one or two of them, but it's like, you know why I haven't? Because it's on Netflix. And anything that is going to be um, possibly controversial or, I don't want to say illegal, but saying the CIA is like, you know, possibly involved in trafficking, you're never going to see that on Netflix. Not unless it's about something that happened like 40, 30 years ago, where they can be like, isn't it weird, this old history? But they're never going to do that about anything current because it's basically ABC now. Yeah. So my thought when watching this was, I find it funny that I'm watching this on Netflix um, because it doesn't, I mean, because if they really wanted to be prescriptive about the issue, they would be fucking taking Netflix to the cleaners. You know, they would they would they would group a company like Netflix in. Now, I know Netflix isn't social media, but the um, whole attempting to hack your attention is clearly going on. Right, exactly. Log and on to the, the Netflix app for two seconds. You ever notice that they don't? Uh, I mean, of course you do. That they don't just have the picture there; they have a video, so that you're already watching the preview, like because they right. want you to watch the videos. Right, and, and then the second you know, the next video is done, do they run the whole credits, Jake? They do not. No, and if you want to, you know, on the topic of like over curation and, you know, a manicured perception on content consumption, I mean, that's sort of their business model. Yeah. So, and in fact, ah, I was going to say, in fact, that might have be, been how I actually ended up watching this. But this one, I believe, was recommended to me by a number of, you know, friends or... Or internet friends. So, yeah, we, we did get which, tweets. What's the difference at some point? Like right when it came out asking for us to talk about it. <laughs> Yeah. So now we're super serving those listeners. (laughs) Right. So, you know, I just, it it would, it's almost like Netflix and and companies like that can only fly so close to the sun with how they lay out arguments about these things. So it was about what I expected for Netflix. Yeah. So just, uh, you know, I I, I (laughs) agree to some extent, you know, I obviously I think there's something there, but... I don't know, man. Uh, like the idea that television companies didn't care about whether or not you watch television more or like, you know, that ABC was not interested in the 1960s and you watching more television seems uh, very naive. So I, 
like because they seem to treat as revolutionary that that YouTube wants you to spend more time on YouTube when it's like newsflash NBC wants you to spend more time watching NBC too. They have since they started in like the fucking you know thirties, forties, fifties. I don't know when were the first TV shows, TV channels on the air, Jake. I believe NBC was founded in the thirties, and there was that two was NBCs. a radio entity, I think. <clears throat> Red and blue, right? Was one? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I, I learned about it in college, but yeah, we had red and blue back in uh, maybe the twenties. Yeah, twenties. So that was radio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, just because I, I think that they just have to do more acknowledging the fact that we've had leisure time for several centuries now. You know, like like that there was enough productivity, like enough efficiency in the world that a large number of people could just spend time doing what they wanted for a, a chunk of their day. And basically, that's still what they're talking about, right? Like, they're, they're just saying that, like, you know, these companies are, are attempting to, uh, you know, compete with each other to occupy the most of your leisure time. And to me, that doesn't really change the fact that leisure time exists. Like, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, like, of course it matters if you spend your leisure time, like, uh, killing your neighbors. Then, you know, it'd be, it'd be best if you didn't do that. But... I don't know. Whenever talking about it, because they are talking about it in a large scale, right? Like they're they're just they're they're looking at the whole society and and how exactly our leisure time gets cut up. I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like the highest stakes thing to me. Um, the stuff where they're really making me uh, like buy in that actually they've found something that is crisis level is like if if. Facebook concluded that uh, Republicans, like whenever they're talking about that, they can like you know twist dials and that uh, that, that behavior changes as a result. Like mm-hmm. I, th- I thought their tilted floor analogy was very good. Of like you know if you if you have a room is you know a hundred people in a room, it's a large room, and uh, the floor is controlled and you you tilt it one way. Like of course you can still walk to the the tall part of the room, but like most people aren't going to. You know like they're going to stand wherever it's most comfortable. Like so that you can shift where the mass of people are by the so you know I mean it's it doesn't override individual choice, but it influences it. And so whenever they're talking about those dials, and you can kind of assume that they they could have one for anything, you know, as far as like just giving you little bits of information, um, the idea that like they could decide, as you know, lots of companies do, that a, a Republican re- uh, government would create a more positive regulation environment for them, like you know, like a if if the oil and gas companies had the ability to control or to, you know, like influence controls the wrong word. Right. Uh, but if, if they had, if they had the ability to, uh, to nudge you in, in any direction, like obviously they would put all of their effort into, uh, electing Republicans. And, you know, it's like all corporations care about the corporate tax rate. Republicans are pretty stringent about, uh, attempting to get that tax rate as low as possible and have done a good job of that. If not anything, you know, like, I don't, I don't know if there's a long list of topics where I'd say like, you know, that they, they've had all the power and have used it to, uh, remake the world in their image. Like, I don't think that they like our healthcare system, but can't do anything about it. They didn't like our corporate tax rate and now it's much, much lower. So that's something that they like really do deliver on. And so you, you, you just start to wonder like if Facebook looks at that and they're like, boy, I could personally have like 200 million extra dollars if uh, we had a Republican in charge instead of a Democrat. 
And I've also got this dial here that would make it more likely that Republicans are elected than Democrats. And uh, why don't I just twist this a little bit? And you wonder what that would look like. Uh, and then you go look at like uh, Facebook's most shared articles uh, on on the network, like at any given time, and it's like fucking Daily Caller four times, you know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's yeah. Uh, like I I do think that if there was like a large scale like across the company decision to do that, that it would be too controversial and it would get out. Like I I think that you know if, if they're having big meetings where they're like let's make sure that fucking biden eats it in the next election so we can have a good tax rate i think that especially given like the amount of scrutiny they get that we would have heard about that but i don't know uh they also talk about how like zuckerberg personally has control of the tiles so i i definitely believe that one person can uh keep a secret you know like of course um that that's not even a conspiracy you know that's just one person being private about their decisions so that that stuff uh seems legitimately worrying yeah i mean you can <clears throat> i think that stuff is a lot more um do i sound really loud right now it sounds normal to me i think okay um i mean to me that stuff is probably more impactful because it affects a lot more things than than a lot more issues than just those in the digital space because it's not like Facebook or any of these companies is saying, well, you know, we find all these other policies reprehensible, but we do like uh, fewer regulations and lower corporate tax rates. So, well, you know what? We're going to go against that because we find all these other issues reprehensible. No. I mean, they act in self-interest, of course. So, yeah, I mean... That's, that's, that's to me, a less debatable topic than what does it do to teenagers? <clears throat> like, I mean, I believe the, that it is bad uh, for the teen brain, but I don't think, I don't think the thing about, you know what I mean, <clears throat> get into, is it, uh, is it Malaysia in the documentary? Uh, Myanmar. In Myanmar, the former Burma. I always mm -hmm. loved that they, uh, I always love whenever one, a country changes names in your lifetime. That's cool. And also it's pretty dope that like Burma is a great name for a country. And mm -hmm. you would think like, oh, if we got to lose this, like, geez, what's mm -hmm. it going to be? Like, well, uh, uh, Myanmar. Yeah, dude. That's I'll take that. Yeah. That's a pretty cool. And yeah. Um, so stuff like that is obviously also extremely extremely dangerous yeah and but even i don't even know that then, we have like um, a great answer for it you know it's not like facebook i invented the idea of genocide like i'm i don't know i'm not uh, read up on that one and uh, the people who are always seem like they feel very extremely strongly about it so that makes me suspect that if i knew the details that i would come around to their way of thinking but like you know i, I we've got a lot of evidence of humans being able to commit genocides without uh the internet existing so I, I don't see this is what I don't understand about your 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 point here. The same thing whenever we're talking about NBC Red uh, or television in the fifties. It's not that they're new ideas. It's simply making it millions times more easy to achieve. Whether yeah. it's grabbing your attention and molding what you should be paying attention to, but if or if, if that were allowing their a point, government then they facilitating them up. to commit large scale murder and, and subjugation. I mean they. <laughs> They, if it, it doesn't matter if it existed before, it's a matter of whether it makes it easier, faster, and less, less possible to combat. 
But that's not, you're framing it in a smart way. The documentary, I feel, is not. And the, the people who talk about the Myanmar example in general, like outside of the documentary, because it's certainly been discussed across a you know, number of things. Like, if you're saying that it's easier to commit genocide now, then you need more than one genocide to prove it to me. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, by just being like, well, this Facebook increased this Myanmar thing. Well, like, you know, radio was very bad, I would assume, for the Jews in, in 1930s Germany. But like, you know, it's, it also had goods. And we, we did an outlaw radio as a result. Not, see, and no one's even talking about outlawing Facebook. That's why I want to talk about the solutions. That's why I want to have like a, and I don't even, you know, I mean, the ones they threw in at the end sounded good. Um, but like, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's all like, okay, yeah, that seems tough. But what, what exactly are you thinking about doing about it? It just seems totally pointless to just have this. I mean, not pointless. That's, that's an overstatement. But just like the the constant hand wringing, like it's it's just people who did things that they now can see are objectively bad, uh, being like, "Boy, I wish I hadn't done all that bad stuff." And like someone, they think someone, they're going to get forgiveness because they appeared in this documentary. Someone go back two episodes and find when I, I that's the the phrase I used. Oh God damn it. Okay. All right. One last <laughs> thing like, about it. I was like, it's a little bit disappointing because they could have had some like media cultural uh, criticism scholars, right? Like people that are, that, that's what they do. And the, they could have told you in 2010 and probably have, you know, cited articles where they're like, hey, I can tell you right now that bro with your cool shoes and cool shirt, you should not be doing this. They didn't talk to any of those people. They might've talked to that one lady they talked to the one, one lady, lady and the, the dude with the dreads kind of performs that functions. I, I, I've heard podcasts. I've heard a podcast with him before. He's something. I, yeah. I, when I heard the podcast, I was like, keep talking. Like, I love him. I love him quite a bit. Yeah. He reminds me of a guy that uh, whenever the first time I ever went to South Padre Island, I was uh, in high school, which is pretty, pretty wild if you think about it. Like it. My parents were pretty overprotective, and I kind of can't believe that senior year of high school, we just all drove to South Padre. I'm glad um, you did. And we met a guy at a gas station as we were scouting for someone to buy beer, and he pretty clearly lived in his van, mm-hmm. and he looked exactly like that guy. <laughs> I believe it. And he had, as he called, his old lady with mm-hmm. him. She yeah. was in the car, so we got him to buy us you know, a couple... A guy like couple. that is never called a female companion, girlfriend, or wife. Certainly not old lady. Wife. Old lady, hundred percent of the time. <laughs> Load up on a couple train day packs, and then, uh, and then the wildest part of this is, I think it was either the next day or two days later, we were down on the beach, just down there, you know, deeing around, throwing a football or whatever, and uh, he was down there with like a, uh, a like a, a grill that plugged into his van that he had backed up onto the beach. Oh wow! Great. Just grilling out. And he yeah. looked exactly like that guy. And yeah, his name was uh, his name was his. Honestly, and it's funny because Yosemite Bear looked a lot like both these characters too. The guy's uh-huh. name was Bear. He introduced himself as Bear. Bear. Yeah. yeah. Hey guys, nice to meet you. I'm Bear. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Um, I don't know. I just I wish that they would acknowledge that uh, it is true that like technology companies' aims and our aims are pointed in the same place, and that negates like a lot of and I mean not not universally, um, and you know certainly there's nuances here, but like I I think that 
like if if uh the goal of them like if the if if social media companies were like um just hitting you over the head with stuff like you didn't agree with or thought or like that that really hurt you you just wouldn't go back like the, the you're only like they they only can be successful if they're giving you things you like so like like on youtube I love that YouTube provides me with a video that it thinks that I will enjoy the second the other video is done. A lot of times they're right and I enjoy those videos. Like I, I know, like I, I also listen to rabbit hole and know that that, that has like in an evidence-based way led to some people uh, being radicalized, but like it's not a common thing. And anytime you have anything you're doing at that scale, like there's, it's about minimizing bad effects, not eliminating them. Um, so I don't know. There's that, but the the last thing that I wanted to say that I'm 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 confident was not said on September 22nd um, is we'll just see. to have the thought that uh, human interaction is good, like on balance. You know, like obviously it has led to wars and, and things like that, but just people coming together and communicating with each other, I I believe is the, you know like uh what we're here for the the only good in life is uh the relationships you have with people and these technologies like do facilitate that and you know even like just i don't know how many people do we know only because of twitter like that you know listeners that like would tweet stuff fairly <laughs> regularly and then like you know now you talk to them all the time and they're just your friends like uh you know i i don't know uh i i don't like None of these people are saying that they're exclusively bad, but I'm I'm going a step further in saying that social media companies, to the extent that they are about connecting people and facilitating communication, that like that in itself is such a strong good that I believe that it certainly has the ability to override whatever ill intentions the company is ascribing onto it. I do not. Like you just get people together and it's good, man. No, no. As much as I love all my internet friends, uh, I would gladly trade them for the Proud Boys to not exist. Yeah, but I mean, that's not how it works. Well, you said on balance. I mean, there's a lot of people that have wacko ideas or the seedling of a wacko idea. And then there's like, let's say 20 of those people. And those people's ideas become less seedling and more Kendall. And then they catch on fire and they become way more radical and they spread to like way more people who are vulnerable. So, no, I don't think it's good on balance at all. Like, I know. I think it's on balance very bad. I know that that's the accepted wisdom, but here's how I would challenge it. Like, the, it is going back to the idea of that leisure time. Like, so you're, you're saying that like someone like Gavin McInnes, uh, the founder of the Proud Boys, that before uh, Facebook existed, very few people comparatively could have like directly heard from him and like his organization, like that it probably just would have been contained to, does, does he live in New York now? I know he's from Montreal, but just like he, he would have been, he would have had a hard time uh, organizing a proud boys chapter in uh, you know, Atlanta or Los Angeles or something. Right. Is that, that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. And even if you didn't want to say directly, just an indirect interfacing with the ideas uh, that are very bad and you would never, and if let's say that somebody happened to tell you about that at the bar, okay, I don't think that happens that much anymore. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying like that you're you're still like 
before whenever people were reading newspapers, like there were skinhead newspapers, you know what I mean? So like the the ability of like one of those to go big and like be a nationwide thing, like yeah, it, it's definitely making it so that Gav McInnes specifically is going to have a hard time creating his like white supremacy thing. But there's little Gav McInneses in every city that are always attempting to do that, you know, like what? So as long as people are like consuming media, I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know that like the the social media is changing the mix of what people are consuming. Like if if you're surrounded by white supremacists, it definitely would influence you to be a white supremacist, but like people were surrounded by white supremacists <coughs> before and I don't I don't I I have a hard time understanding the mechanics of how this makes it more like because it's very because it's hard to get all those people together in one place and swap that shit, dude. I mean, I've seen this shit before, like at venues and and when we used to play. You know, you would have those dudes, and there would be three or four of them, and you know, it was obviously very popular in like the hardcore scene. But none of those people, most of them, they don't really even want to be publicly associated with it if there's only three or four other people. But one, you can do it online and feel fine about it. And two, then once it grows enough online, you can IRL meet up with a hundred other people. And now you don't feel so weird and like, oh, this is bad about it. Which, by the way, if you want to talk about what sucked about the documentary, I don't need that drama thread in any documentary oh, yeah, I watch that thing ever. Fucking like, that shit blew, was so dude. lame. And it made sucked no too. fucking sense. It sucked too because I like the AT&T guy from SNL. Never going to look at him the same. And uh, Gideon Gemstone. Oh man, I didn't even realize. Didn't and the uh, his sister, and she's totally of age now, so it's okay. Is from uh, is from Moonrise Kingdom. Oh okay. But wow. I think she was. I think she was like a star-studded cast for that total fucking piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, it was a waste of time. That part it was a complete even make waste sense. of time. Like the whole yeah. thing of like, uh, boy, we're gonna hit him with a good one, uh, ex-girlfriend shit. Like if he wasn't happening to walk by the fridge at the time that that was happening, right. then like it wasn't going to work anyways. So like all you're saying is that he happened to be thirsty then, and yeah, then it's... like the ultimate consequence is what that he gets misidentified as a protester. It doesn't seem to me like the problem in the in the example that they give is uh, social media. It seems like it's over aggressive policing. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It, like it didn't use see that like what's gonna happen there like the two fucking suburban kids are gonna like once things calm down be like hey uh i actually didn't touch anyone uh can i go now yes <laughs> like that's what we have to make sure we prevent for our kids yeah it was a waste of time terrible but they had to fill that up rather than like uh you know talking to anybody with a different viewpoint but i guess i would just say like you know like it like the, you would you would say that it's kind of hard to spread far right ideas because like you know if you're buying your uh, newspapers at Tom Thumb they're not gonna uh, stock uh, Daily Stormer or whatever right right um, and I, so I would I would then just like identify that as a as a curation issue and like you know they did ban Alex Jones from a lot of stuff um, and you know work to ban far right voices in general so you know. Um, as long as someone's attempting in a somewhat effective way to perform that function that Tom Thumb is performing by being like, no, we won't sell your newspaper. I, I don't see how it's different than, you know, 30 years ago, whenever people were getting their, their information from the news. I mean, obviously there's ways it's different, but as far as like blaming it on 
the idea that there are any nationalists. If anything, I would kind of be persuaded that the only difference is that like you can go and see people's online behavior. So like now you know that there are more nationalists around and maybe mm-hmm. it's not changed the absolute number of nationalists. Uh, I don't know enough to know. I mean, I know what it feels like, but you could be right. That could just be the sticker of it. But you know, the last thing I'll say here, cause I want to hear your other topic is, uh, yeah, I probably need to come clean on something because there was a time where I thought Gavin McGinnis was the tits. <laughs> well, he's had a lot of uh, evolving. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to him back whenever you were. But I, I remember whenever, you you know, early in our relationship when you were, like, telling me that Vice existed, something that I didn't know prior to that. Oh, um, man. The Vice guides back in the day, first time I saw those, I was like, oh, shit. This is like... Now I've graduated from jackass to, like, these people are buying fucking rockets. <laughs> like, this is incredible. The Vice Guide to Travels were amazing, dude. It was like nothing you'd ever seen before. And it sounds hokey now, 15 years later, whenever Vice has had, you know, a trillion-dollar company with several series from every media company. But the Vice Guide to Travels were awesome. And I'll give you another one. When Gavin left, I believe that was when he started a website called Street Boners and TV Carnage, and I was a daily visitor of Street Boners and TV Carnage. I mean, I like the name. <laughs> it was Can't really good, that. man. It was really good. That was like uh, my heavy, you know, Adult Swim days. Like, it was all Vice and Adult Swim for, you know, because Wade would buy like the hard copies and we would keep them on our, we thought we were cool as shit, man. You probably were. And then, uh, you know, we had a hookah. All the Vice quarterlies. And the next thing you know, this guy's like, uh, uh, actually, I think everybody is uh, beneath me who's not my race and gender. It's a tough, tough, tough change. Um, So at that time, the time that you were just describing, uh, you were big on a book called uh, Gang Leader for a Day. You remember that, of course. Yeah, for sure. Shadir Venkatesh. And uh, I, I'm, I know that we recommended it in, like, you know, Podcast 3 or whatever, uh, but I, I would like to renew that recommendation. It's fucking great. Uh, it's you reread guy, it? Huh? Did you reread it? No, but I'd like to. Oh, okay. Um, I probably won't. Well, this is a little... I mean, now you're uh, boosting up a segment that we did 10 years ago, which is not as bad as 10 days ago. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a sociologist that, uh, or he's, he's a sociology student at the University of Chicago. And uh, I don't even think it's, is it like a class thing, like that he's assigned? Or is it just like he on his own is like, I want to go out and do this? I, I think it's like related to trying to make a thesis off this or something. It is. Um, just like it goes and, uh, you know, I, I think that he initially went to like a place near the U- University of Chicago where they uh, play chess, like a park where they play chess. So it was just kind yeah. of like asking people, you like know, an Independence Day. Yeah, like hey, you know, I'm I'm interested in learning how a gang works. Can you point me in the right direction? And uh, eventually, like, gets lucky, finds a guy who's like fairly high up in the gangs. Is like, you know what? You're right. This should be documented. Like, fucking come with. And um, they go around uh, the Robert Taylor home. So I just, I just mention all that to uh, explain why I always, anytime the Robert Taylor homes come up, I'm, uh, I'm real focused on them. And uh, Justin has been playing that. Have, have you had people, have you, the Microsoft Flight Simulator, has that run across your radar? Only like, you know, on Twitter they have, uh, yeah. yeah, you'll see images of random quirks in it, but it looks incredible. 
it does look incredible. And uh, Justin spends a lot of time on it. And whenever he like sees something that he thinks I think would cool, he'll take a screenshot and send it. He's bored of beating his horse. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> he got he probably, mad at me for saying that. <laughs> he probably got bored of that a while ago. I would assume. Um, but uh, just shot, sent me a shot of him uh, flying over Comiskey, which you know I of course enjoy. But uh, Comiskey is directly across the highway. Like I in my home, I have a uh, picture hanging of the Robert Taylor homes because it's uh, they're across the highway from Comiskey, and it's just a picture of Comiskey. Uh, so I was thinking about him, and so I, I logged onto the Wikipedia page for the Robert Taylor Homes, and... Well, it knocked down what, like 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah. I think it's 2007 or 2008 is whenever it officially, last building was down. Okay. Um, but it was, it was the largest housing project in America. Uh, at its peak, it housed uh, 27,000 people. It was Incredible. intended uh, for 11,000. But uh, if you read that book, like, you know, it, it, it gives you a very full picture of what life was like there, and uh, it's wild. Um, but so it's, you know, it's a housing, it's the largest housing project in America. We're talking about, like, the poorest place in America, quite possibly, you know, just like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's people who can't afford fucking uh, anything, you know, that's why they're in government housing. And so uh, 27,000 people there, and... I saw that the Robert Taylor Holmes Wikipedia has a notable alumni page. Okay. <laughs> like it's uh, a prep school in uh, Thousand Oaks. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I will briefly go over with you the, uh, we got five big names and I guess you could argue with me about whether all of them are big, but uh, we're going to go through the names. One, Mo Cheeks grew up in the Robert Taylor Holmes. Oh, oh. I don't know. I might even say legend, man. He was a fun player. Fun player as a, uh, as a, what, sixer? But, I mean, you see him on the bench now, right? He's still a, he's still a coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two, Kendrick Lamar's father. Not Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar's dad did go to the Robert Taylor Holmes. Uh, what's his name? It said Can- it on the thing. I don't know. It, it, like listed his name but then just said Kendrick he Lamar's references father. his dad all the time but yeah that's wild I don't know I don't wonder how he got to to LA yeah um Deval Patrick the 71st governor of the state of Massachusetts a former wow. candidate for president uh, wow. often compared to uh, Barack Obama himself grew up in the Robert Taylor Holmes uh second most notable person to grow up in the Robert Taylor Holmes Kirby Puckett wow a twins legend he uh he tried to rape somebody in a bathroom with a, he had vision issues though. So I don't know that it ended up. Oh no. You don't remember that? No, I don't. Yeah. He definitely, he had a, I mean, it happened more than a day ago. So clearly not. (laughs) He had a situation for sure. A big, uh, like a restaurant bathroom or something. Then I present to you the most notable person to have grown up in the Robert Taylor homes. Mr. T. Holy shit. Really? Indeed. That's incredible. I mean, I guess it's, you know, you could expect it for being the most uh, populous project in in the country for some time, but you're going to have to find me somebody else who can run up against that starting five. So that was kind of what I was thinking of like, yeah, it's a lot of people, but is it so many people? And like, you got to think about it. You would say your average expectation for someone who lived there is to like die when they're 24, you know? Probably, yeah. 
That, that if you had one person that was like, uh, you know, I went on to uh, found a company that's mildly successful, you'd be like, holy shit, how'd you do that? Like these people have the decks, the deck stacked fucking way against them. Uh, and so I just wonder, given that is 27,000 people, so many, and I mean, you know, it's not 27,000 any, it's 27,000 any one moment. So you got a right. hundred thousand people that pass through hundreds possibly that pass through over the course of time. Um, but that's how many, you know, just saying like there's 27,000 units of housing or not even that just like, you know, space for people to live. And so, you know, would you say that just like law of numbers is that of course, five notable people or four, if you want to take out Kendrick Lamar's dad, uh, would, would just pass through by happenstance. And so that got me thinking the comparison that I, that immediately jumped to mind that, uh, seemed to work well is, uh, the Dallas enclave of university park has 23,000 people living in it. Okay. Uh, here is the full list of notable alumni that I actually found notable. And same thing with the Robert Taylor Holmes. Some of the notable alumni, I was like, I've never heard of that person. I don't want to talk about them on the podcast. Fuck off. So did the same thing with University Park. Here's the list, Jake. Doak Walker, John Hinckley Jr. That's it. Yeah, and I mean, Hinckley, you know, that shouldn't count. Well, then, you, then you're giving them just Doak Walker. So, like, the Kershaw-Stafford, that's Highland Park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're really just kind of mincing over what the word notable means here, right? Because, I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of dudes who are like the CFO of, you know, fill-in-the-blank phone company. Yeah, it's not like a... a, I guess that some of what's going on here, yeah, is is that... uh, if given anything in this world, a lot of people actually don't want to be insanely famous. They'd rather right. like uh, run a hedge fund and just be super rich and not have anyone bother them all the time. So like that that is interesting in its in itself. But like I don't know, man. Uh, it kind of makes me wonder. Like I, I I don't know what to go from here. Like I just found this out last night, so I'm still kind of turning it over. And a lot of times I like to bring this stuff up. You know, maybe we'll generate some emails with people who are turning it over in their head and want to suggest uh why you know this is or whatever but i just wonder if like the the extremes create something you know like if if the fact that these people's lot like that somewhere that was just like firmly below average in terms of like opportunities available um if if that wouldn't have kind of the same thing i mean i i don't know how Mr. T growing up here makes it so that Mr. T is famous. I mean, he is famous for being a badass and does seem like a place that would require one yeah. to uh, be be a badass. So, so you know, maybe maybe it's its own thing there as far as, but you know, it doesn't explain Deval Patrick, or maybe it does. I don't know. You know, politicians are their own kind of uh, cutthroat. But uh, I, I just I I found it. Uh, I think that there's something there. It's certainly not what I expected. Like if you told me like. You know who produces more notable people, University Park or the Robert Taylor Homes? I'd be like, I don't think I've heard of anyone from the Robert Taylor Homes. Like, of course those people died young. Like, it's a dangerous fucking place. Yeah, but, I like uh, looking at uh, I like looking at the notable alumni pages of like the top five um, high schools in New York that I've kind of heard of, and none yeah. of them are in nice neighborhoods. You know, I mean, yeah. of course, you can go look at, like I said, Sherman Oaks or Thousand Oaks, California, and it's like, you know, Will Smith's kid, and that's when <laughs> I believe they played with Joe's buddy, Nikki, yeah, Montana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But if you go and look uh, at like it was Gretzky, Will Smith, and uh, yeah, and, and him. Yeah, right? if you go look, I think it, I think that's right. I think Gretzky's I think was, kid played on the team. Yeah, there was. I feel like there was someone else too. But yeah, the I mean, New Jimmy Clausen's from too. that high school. There you go. But I well, don't think he played uh, at the same. I think those three were on a team. This is the last thing I have for you before I go. Okay. I think I got to unsubscribe from all the pizza emails. Uh, just because you can't control yourself? I can't, dude. Like right now, I swear to God, when I woke up today, I thought it was Saturday, which is extremely disappointing. Well, that's rough. Uh, I know. Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> you didn't get too close. I've got like chicken that I was going to throw in the in the, the old Instapot, and I'm ready to go. And now I just, I've got three of them from all, I've got the big three. I got the uh, Experian uh, and Equifax staring right at me here, and it's like... Maybe they're right. Maybe Big Tech is too powerful. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. This is the shit that works on me. Yeah, but just hit unsubscribe, like, dude. I don't know if I can, because what if I, what if I miss a deal? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've identified a problem here, and it's not tech-related. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you in a couple days. Yeah. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow, for everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.